pot, electric lettuce, devil's lettuce, bud, Mary Jane, cannabis, ganja, grass, weed, and marijuana. Today, we're going to be talking about the injustice of marijuana. Hi, and welcome to Politox with Socks. So, it all started in um, the early 1900s after the Mexican Revolution. Uh, there was a mass influx of Mexicans into Texas and Louisiana, and with them, they brought their culture, religion, customs, and um, one of which was marijuana. So the media began to twist the narrative that this marijuana plant brought into their country caused Mexicans to have dangerous behaviors and habits. But unbeknownst to the American people at the time, it was already a commodity in their lives. However, they called it cannabis instead of the native word marijuana. Um, twisting this narrative allowed the government and enforcement agencies to falsify a reason to search, detain, and deport immigrants, facing little to no resistance at all. Um, the immigrants' first detainment and deportation started in the 1910s, whereas the first immigration advocacy organization was not formed until 1933. Uh, this was called the Immigration and Naturalization Services. And they were assigned to uh, handle all of the legal and illegal immigration and naturalization issues and protect and enforce the laws of naturalization. Um, but regardless, these injustices continued in, into the 1930s as hearings were held with many people claiming that marijuana made men of color act violently and sexually towards white women. Um, this really paved the way for the Marijuana Tax Act of 1937, which formally banned the distribution of marijuana. Uh, it also increased the tax on use of hemp, um, but it didn't decriminalize um, use or possession. Uh, it did include a penalty, and it subjected marijuana possession to some regulation. Um, the American Medical Association strongly opposed this uh, back in the day because physicians were required to pay a tax to prescribe cannabis, and pharmacists had to pay a tax for selling. Farmers had to acquire tax stamps for production of fiber hemp. So it was really a hindrance to their, their work and their way of life. Um, Within this Marijuana Tax Act, they had, um, they had to have written documents of both the buyer and the seller and how much was, was, being, uh, was being given. It was illegal to sell this unless documented. So um, the buyer and the seller also had to um, register with the Internal Revenue Service. <laughs> our favorite, <clears throat> and they had to pay a special occupation tax. So anyone who um, acquired, sold, dispensed, or possessed it had to be registered with the IRS. Uh, the Bureau of Narcotics arrested Moses Baca for possession. This was considered the first victim of the Marijuana Tax Act of 1937. Um, he had a quarter pound of marijuana inside his drawer inside his home. 
Now, I did some research on this case, and I, I looked to see if they had a warrant for it, because if they didn't, then as many are, hopefully many of you are aware, the Fourth Amendment protects you from unwarranted search and seizure. So that would be, um, that would be a violation of his, um, of his rights, of his constitutional rights. But I could not find anything like that. So I'm not going to say that they violated the Constitution there, but they found it in a drawer inside his house. Uh, the next person, the person, the second person considered to be a victim of the Marijuana Tax Act in 1937 is Samuel Caldwell, who was arrested for dealing. Uh, Baca got 18 months and Caldwell got four years. Uh, those two were considered the, the first initial uh, victims of the act. And then in 1967, the law became a criminal law uh, because they were not raising enough uh, tax to people who were in possession of it. So, then comes Harry J. Anslinger. Anslinger? I'm not sure how to pronounce that last name. Harry J. Anslinger. Uh, he was the first commissioner of the U.S. Treasury Department's Federal Bureau of Narcotics, and he served during uh, Hoover, Roosevelt, Truman, Eisenhower, and Kennedy. So, uh, Anslinger was uh, aware of the weaknesses of his position, so uh, he made it a mission to get rid of all narcotics, all of them. And so he did a radio address, and he said that marijuana could cause psychosis and insanity, and the intoxication of marijuana would um, mentally deteriorate you, and that would lead to crime and murder. So the radio address had a big impact on the American people. And they, um, it, it gave them, it gave marijuana a very negative reputation towards, um, yeah, I'm sorry. The American people had a very negative reputation towards marijuana. And instead of thinking it as a cheap substitute for synthetic fiber, they thought of it as, oh, this is, like, a horrible drug that will, like, lead to a, a mass increase in, a, a, a huge increase in crime, and it will just ruin people's lives. So, um, continuing on, uh, marijuana had a bad reputation in Mexico, actually, before it did in the U.S., and according to Anslinger himself, he found evidence of Mexicans crossing the U.S. border to buy marijuana and take it back to Mexico. So Mexicans would cross the U.S. border to buy marijuana here and take it back to Mexico. That just sounds insane to me. I, I can't believe I stumbled across that, but... <laughs> It's, it's just really funny how it works out that way. Um, but anyway, continuing on, the government found ways to blame unemployment and social unrest on uh, Mexicans bringing marijuana to the U.S., um, such as the Great Depression, uh, kind of whenever it 
that, that that's kind of whenever it started, you know, was during the Great Depression. Um, that's whenever the the government found ways to to blame unemployment and social unrest on them. Um, the uh, back back to the Tax Act, though, it was a hundred dollars an ounce for um, a transfer tax, and to get a quote unquote tax stamp. A major, um, a big, a big person in this whole marijuana tax act was Tim Leary. Now, Tim Leary, he was crossing the Texas-Mexican border in 1965 um, when officials found pot in his daughter's panties. Yeah, um, <laughs> Tim. Took responsible and he was uh, he he took responsibility, and he was charged with possession and tax evasion. So, Tim's lawyers argued double jeopardy and the Fifth Amendment. This made it all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States. It made it all the way to SCOTUS, and they argued that if Tim had paid the transfer tax to federal authorities, it would have incriminated him under Texas state law. SCOTUS ruled in favor of, of Tim, and the Marijuana Tax Act was ruled unconstitutional. Uh, it was ruled unconstitutional on May 19, 1969. Now, soon after, uh, not, not very long after, actually, uh, Nixon retaliated in September of 1969 with Operation Intercept, uh, which closed the Mexican border for two weeks. And uh, because they were trying to smuggle marijuana um, across the border through like cars, well, it, it was closed off. So because that was no longer an option, people just started using planes to smuggle instead. And that led to the explosion of the California like homegrown marijuana industry and basically him closing down the border just kind of made the problem worse and people got more creative around um around the law and so um he uh nixon passed the controlled substance act of 1970 which established four schedules of drugs and it gave the attorney general Rather than scientists or doctors, it gave the attorney general the authority to choose which drugs went to which schedule. That's beyond me, but okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> so the attorney general uh, scheduled um, marijuana as a Schedule One drug in 1970, and it's been like that. For quite some time. So, back to present day though, there's 36 states and the District of Columbia that have decriminalized marijuana. Um, some making them making it legal recreationally. And as of 2017, drivers under the influence of alcohol are 17.8 times more likely to cause a fatal accident. But 
drivers under the influence of marijuana are 1.65 times percent more likely to cause a fatal accident. This is from the National Center for Biotechnology Information. 17.8 times compared to the 1.65. But alcohol is legal in every state. That's going to be another episode. <laughs> um, how it, there will be an episode about alcohol, but that's for a later date. But alcohol is legal in every state, but marijuana is only legal in 36 states, most medically. Okay. So 2018, marijuana brings in $1.04 billion in tax revenue, which rivals the 1.16 billion tax revenue that same year that out al- that alcohol brought in um marijuana tax the, the the marijuana tax collected was from seven states who actually taxed marijuana seven states brought in 1.04 billion dollars <laughs> and alcohol which is legal in all 50 states, mind you, brought in $1.16 billion. That's insane. <laughs> um, that same year, tobacco brought in $12.86 billion in tax revenue. That's, that's way more. That's significantly more than, than both marijuana and alcohol combined. $12.86 billion dollars. According to the Center of Disease Control, they reported 480,000 deaths per year from cigarette smoke and secondhand exposure, and 95,000 alcohol-related deaths per year. Now, there is inconclusive evidence on marijuana overdoses and secondhand exposure in, in 2018. Now, I looked up the definition in the law dictionary of inconclusive and inconclusive. Um, I'll, I'll read it. Inconclusive presumptions are those which may be overcome by opposing proof uh, that which may be disproved or rebutted, not shutting out further proof or consideration. So. Uh, do with that what you will, but there is inconclusive evidence as of 2018 on marijuana overdoses and secondhand exposure. Uh, this is the most current um, statistics that I could find. We're on 2018. Um, the ACLU, moving on, the ACLU says that black people are four times more likely to get arrested uh Yet all races use and distribute marijuana at the same rate. But a black person is four times more likely to get arrested for it. Uh, even in states that, are, that, that marijuana is legal, there's been no dramatic decrease in incarceration rates of black people or Mexican people um, for, for marijuana offenses. In fact, there's been a sharp increase uh, in the District of Columbia, our nation's capital, a black person is 11 times more likely to be arrested for public marijuana usage than a white person. 
the nation's capital, 11 times. This is all according to the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU. Um, there's injustice on this on, on so many levels. And it's the, the laws are invidious. It's, it's unfathomable how it's, how this has continued for, for decades, you know, a little over a century, I guess. Um, but laws protecting like colored communities, because that's, that's who they're, they're kind of targeting here. Um, that kind of seems to be the trend as per the, the uh, statistics and the research, but laws protecting colored communities from over-policing, probably not a bad idea. Um, discrimination faced in the courtroom needs to be addressed at the federal level. I'm not one for big government. I don't like government having their, their fingers and everything. But when it comes to violating you know american people's rights yeah the federal government needs to step in that's that's their base job is to ensure that no one infringes upon our our rights so yes this needs to be addressed at the federal level and records need to be expunged as long as there are no ties to violent crime um and this this doesn't go for for just for just colored communities or or people of color. This goes for everyone. White, black, you know, um, Hispanic, Asian. It, it doesn't matter. Um, so records need to be expunged as long as there's no ties to violent crime, and the federal government needs to help people get back on their feet and secure jobs, possibly in the legalization market. It's, it's the government's fault that this has happened to them because these laws are extremely biased. And so they should, they should help them get back on their feet and secure jobs and, and revitalize communities that have been just absolutely decimated by these laws. Um, that's, that's pretty much it for, for this episode. Um, thank, thank you for listening. It's, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. This one was, this, this was really fun to, to learn about. And, um, I hope you stick around for more. I, uh, quick shout out. Um, I have changed my clip art, my cover art. Um, one of my, one of my best friends, Natalie, she, um, she gave me my new Politox with socks clip art. So, hope you enjoy that and um once again thank you for listening and i hope you uh tune in next time